Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre, here on The Herd, filling in for Colin. Fear not, ladies and gentlemen. Colin Coward expected back tomorrow from a vacation. So Alex Curry and I will just enthrall you for the next three hours. And I know everybody's waiting for Colin to get back from his (laughs) vacation. When can he get back? It's looked beautiful out on a boat, kayaking, just just living the life as he should before the start of the crazy season. Yeah, uh, let's just say I don't think it's his final vacation of the summer. No. Uh, But Alex, do you post all the updates on vacation kind of person on social media? Or are you a little more shameless? I am shameless with my content posting. I always like, I put out a disclaimer like, I'm sorry, I am about to blast you with all of my vacation. My husband gives me like, you get like one crazy thing a day and then yeah. let's be done okay. and I, I'm learning to be more in the moment which is fun in the moment very present the, yep. yes that's the theme yep. uh, obviously uh, we got a spirited show today a lot of fun stories I do want to start with a positive I think in Justin Herbert the big news yesterday the young strapping quarterback of the LA Chargers inks a massive contract look at this five years 262 and a half million dollars it looks like he got 133 million guaranteed Justin Herbert, the big 6'5", rangy quarterback, career playoff win total of zero. 
Uh, but the Chargers had to do it. And this is an exciting moment for San, Di- <laughs> San Diego. L.A. Chargers fans. L.A. Chargers fans are so stoked right now. We got Justin Herbert. We got him locked up. He's not going anywhere. We got our next franchise quarterback. By the way, we had a spirited discussion uh, this morning in the in the staff meeting. Is Herbert already the best quarterback in franchise history? I'm the lone guy saying, oh, trust me, he's going to be better than Fouts. I think he's going to be better than Rivers. They put up big numbers, but I'm just... Justin Herbert, everything we've seen in three years is very exciting. So, Jay, what's the problem here? Well, you know, guys, uh, I have this situation where um, I I think I have kind of weak teeth or I have a sweet tooth, but I brush a lot. I floss as good as I can. And every time I go to the dentist, they find cavities. And it's disappointing. I got to come home, face my kids and be like, guys, another cavity. And they're like, pay up, dad, you know, and they're kind of embarrassed for me. But I blame it on external forces. You know, I just can't resist the sweets. I I kind of have a sweet tooth. Um, and, and maybe I have weak teeth. I can't really handle ice cream that well. I'm doing everything right, and it's just still not working. And I feel like that sums up the Justin Herbert Chargers experience right now. Man, since they drafted him in 2020, they've done everything right. You know that playbook that says, draft a quarterback high, build the offensive line, check, They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round right after Justin Herbert the next two years, okay? Then they're like, hey, you got to add defenders, add skill position players. They've done all of this. J.C. Jackson comes in. He was unbelievable with the Patriots. They signed J.C. Jackson. They trade for Khalil Mack. They've done everything right, and they're still the Chargers. Unable to get the victories, unable to stay healthy. They seem like a cursed team. Uh, We're talking about a Chargers team that went to the playoffs last year, grabbed a 27-7 lead and promptly blew it and lost to the Jags. So what do they do in the offseason? Well, they dump their OC and they get a new defensive coordinator as well. Like, the Chargers can't get anything right. They got Herbert right, but is this going to fix their problems? I do have a couple buddies who are hardcore Chargers fans. I mean, they follow them up from San Diego up here to L.A. They go to the games. They're feeling excited. You look at that roster, and I'm just, I'm, the case is there. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Colin has mentioned this many times. Position group by position group, they're loaded. So, folks, why have the Chargers the last two years been dead last in yards per carry defensively? They've tried to do everything to fix the middle. Rotating dudes in, never can stop. They can't stop a nosebleed. The, the run game just, it's, they can't do it. And, When you can't stop anybody and you put all the pressure on Justin Herbert, well, Jay, we're paying Justin Herbert. Why isn't he delivering? And this gets to the root of the problem. The offensive coordinator they had, Mr. Lombardi, last year came from New Orleans where he was with Drew Brees. And Lombardi had an aging quarterback in Brees. His arm was kind of shot. So they structured everything. We're we're going to do short passes, everything within 5, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, nothing downfield, quick two-step drops, and we're going to unload it. And it worked. And Drew Brees was phenomenal. It was in the playoffs every year. They were contenders in the NFC. But Lombardi tried to bring that to the Chargers, and it was a colossal failure. You've got a superstar quarterback who is the prototypical 2023 quarterback. Strapping 6'5 guy, cannon for an arm. Oh, yeah, he can run better than Fouts and better than Rivers for sure. Like, there's nothing Justin Herbert cannot do. And the Chargers had him throwing the checkdowns. Justin Herbert led the NFL last year in passes to running backs. That should not happen. Now, part of that was because everybody was hurt because that's always the case with the Chargers. Bosa missed at least seven games. Uh, 
You had injuries to the offensive line. Their star offensive lineman missed seven games. You had Keenan Allen going down. Nobody can stay healthy. Every year it's something. The Chargers are doing everything right and nothing works out. The biggest piece of optimism for the Chargers heading into the season is Kellen Moore. And the only reason that's dampened, and Moore, of course, was a great, great uh, offensive coordinator with Dallas. The Cowboys will miss him greatly. But the only reason I'm not excited is because Brandon Staley, the head coach, is on the hot seat. Okay? This would be, if Staley gets fired, they miss the playoffs, this would be Justin Herbert's third coach in the NFL. Already. The Chargers continue to do everything right, and they can't get out of their own way. And oh, by the way, did I mention they play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? And there's a new coach in the division named Sean Payton, who's had a little bit of success in the NFL. And Russell Wilson is not going to be as bad as he was last year. Frankly, the Chargers are lucky They're lucky that the Raiders are the dumpster fire that they are. That should be two automatic wins, two layups against Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I want to sum up my, my issue with the Chargers and Justin Herbert's numbers against the Chiefs. He has been incredible in six games against the Chiefs. The numbers are staggering. 67% completions, 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns and four picks. Justin Herbert rises to the occasion, yet they're only two and four against the Chiefs because the defense stinks. And Brandon Staley, the head coach, is a defensive guy. So Chargers fans, cautious optimism surrounding the Justin Herbert contract and his future with the Chargers. Now I want to pivot to a positive story. Apologies, Chargers fans. Centering around Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. This story kind of surprised me this morning. I saw Justin Fields was asked to be on the Netflix documentary, the smash hit quarterback. Patrick Mahomes was on it last year. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Kirk Cousins was on it and became kind of a likable hero. He was kind of one of these dull, boring quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, on the Netflix documentary, a lot of people warmed up to him off the field, seems like a nice guy. Like, if you were your neighbor, you would like Kirk Cousins. And then you had Marcus Mariota, who's kind of the aging guy. Um, got benched in Atlanta. Didn't go great. But you needed kind of, you know, uh, the high quarterback in Mahomes, the middle guy in Cousins, and kind of the bottom guy in Mariota. And Mariota uh, did not come off looking poor. He just wasn't great. It wasn't a great season. So they ask Fields to come on the show, and Fields says No which kind of surprised me. Now, I do want to rewind real quick to what Colin Cowherd had said last week when he was blasting Justin Fields. Here's Cowherd last week on Justin Fields. I don't think he's one of the top five running quarterbacks. He'd get banged up, can't win games. It's not the end of the world. By the way, who would I put in that list? Russell Wilson? You know, Super Bowl winner? (laughs) I'm sorry. The list of five best running quarterbacks, if you're a great running quarterback, you win games. I've always been 60-40 on Justin Fields is going to succeed. I'm coming back 5%, J-Mac. I'm 55-45. He's going to succeed. I'm pulling back 5%. Lack a little self-awareness. Right now, Justin Fields a bust. He's 5-20. 10-game losing streak. Passer rating in the 70s. That's harsh. You guys remember that. I had to come on staunchly defend Justin Fields. Uh, I know Colin loves a good quarterback record. Sneakily, don't tell him. But my goal this fall is to get him not to think about quarterback records. By the way, Justin Herbert's quarterback record, 25 and 24. He's a 500 quarterback. Yet we love him, and he got all the money. I digress. Back to Fields. 
Yes, 5-20 and 20 record. Yes, they were 3-14 and 14 last year. Total disaster. But I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy. Sometimes you need to look at it with a, with a positive lens. Do I need to tell you the Bears were 1-7 and seven in close games last year? We know historically that tends to flip. Maybe the defense actually shows up. By the way, they gutted the defense last year, right? Traded Roquan Smith, dumped Robert Quinn. Those are two of your best defenders. Dump them, and then they couldn't stop anybody the second half of the season. Okay, The Bears' defense was bad last year, but it was a transition year. And that's why Colin bagging on fields felt a little harsh to me. I'm like, can we give this guy a chance? Now, I did. I was here on the set one day when a former position coach in the NFL came by. I happen to know this guy from uh, many, many years ago. And he was in the, the, the room with Justin Fields when he was a rookie. And he told Colin and I straight up, like, man, Justin Fields would walk in like one minute before the meeting started, and he would kind of slouch in his seat, and he didn't want to be there, and he was pouting and moody. It, it wasn't a good vibe for a young quarterback. And, a, and this coach told me he challenged Fields straight up like, bro, this, this doesn't work. You want to be a quarterback in this league? This isn't going to work. And again, it's tough to say whether or not we've seen growth from Fields, but I want to play you his answer about why he did not elect to be part of the Netflix series quarterback. Listen to Justin Fields. Rather keep everything the way it is around here. I think, you know, just having cameras around the building, I think that might change the vibe of, um, you know, everyone and just, just want to keep it, you know, uh, natural, organic, and really just focus on what's going on in the building. I think a lot of people realize, like, how much work uh, goes into being a quarterback, especially on the mental side of things. So, um, you know, just how much we have to prepare and know, kind of know everybody's job. <laughs> You smell that? Smells like maturity to me. I don't know. Justin Fields sounds very mature. I know we're bagging on him. Well, not me. Uh, other people. Uh, Colin. For that interview he gave to the podcast where he said he was one of the five best running quarterbacks. I, I get that. I totally understand that. It's a podcast. Come on. The vibes are different. In front of the media, Justin Fields sounds very mature there. Now, I do wonder secretly if he thought, geez, if they're looking for a great and a middle and a bad quarterback, am I the middle or am I the bad? Because this is kind of a make-or-break year for Fields, right? Iberflus, the new coach, they gutted everything last year. Now they're running it back with the same offensive coordinator, the same quarterback, head coach. We're going to find out if Justin Fields is the guy. And, oh, by the way, really strong college football quarterback class coming into the draft. Could be three, four first-round picks, maybe five, depending on how some of these guys pan out. And the Bears could say, listen, Fields, can't win games, can't deliver. We want to pivot to another guy. That could very well happen. I'm going to say no. And I do believe the Chicago Bears will be in the mix for a wild card spot this season. This team, the arrow is pointing up. I'm just going to point out a couple numbers. Uh, the gamblers who, who enjoy watching the show, you know uh, Jordan Love against Justin Fields in the opener. Justin Fields favored in that game, by the way. Also, Justin Fields favored in week two as well against lowly Tampa Bay. There's a chance Bears start 2-0. And uh, we start talking about Chicago Bears, potentially a playoff team. I'll say this. The schedule is a lot easier. Last year, one of my buddies found this incredible stat. So last year, 12 of the Bears' opponents exceeded their Vegas win total. 12. Now they play a last-place schedule. One of the best in the league. And Justin Fields is going to love this. As a running quarterback outdoors, three dome teams come to Chicago in December. You know when it's really cold and Chicago has an edge? I'm a believer in Eberflus. I like what he did in Indy. I didn't love the offseason defensively, but they have, like the Chargers, done everything in their power to help their young quarterback. Let's go grab DJ Moore via trade. 
Let's stockpile draft picks. Let's go fortify the offensive line. They got Chase Claypool at the deadline. It didn't pan out yet, but we'll see how it works this year. I do believe this is a Chicago team. Won three games last year, yet their Vegas win total is up to seven and a half this year. Hmm. Think the guys in the desert know something that this could be maybe a seven and ten, eight and nine team? I I don't think nine and eight is that much of a reach. I'm a believer in Justin Fields. I'm not saying he's a franchise quarterback for sure, but I'm definitely thinking this is a year where he looks looks the part as a passer in addition to being one of the great running quarterbacks of all time. Yes, Colin, of all time. I'm sure Alex Curry agrees with me on Justin Fields. Come on. What's not to love about this guy? I'll take the – I'll agree with your take that it was mature of him to realize it probably wasn't the best call for him to be on the Netflix quarterback Show, but as you mentioned before, you said you were talking to a coach, talking about kind of his work ethic, where he mm-hmm. would come in and maybe not be as enthused last minute into meetings. That's also a side you might not want to be exposed if yeah. you have a different way of going into preparing for games. Like it's it takes a lot. It, it takes a certain human to be able to kind of pull back the curtain and be exposed with for all of your great yeah. and all of your maybe things people don't agree with. You're a little high on Justin Fields. Yeah, probably a you're, little you're, irrationally You're a little high, high on Justin well, I, Fields. I think I'm trying you're to make to up. That. I think I'm trying to make up for uh, some of the comments I made about Chicago earlier this year. Trying to earn back the Chicago fans. Uh, people, let's just say Chicago denizens were not happy with me. Uh, Be sure to catch live editions of the Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Good news. San Francisco 49ers. Huge, huge news. Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, has been cleared to practice. According to the 49ers, he is good to go, ready to return. He had that gruesome elbow injury in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. By the way, P.S., if you remember that game, I I picked the Eagles. Um, I thought the 49ers had a good chance. I would have loved to have seen that game with a healthy Brock Purdy. I think he went down in like the second series. Um, and with him as a starter, games he completed, they were 7-0. and Yeah, 7-0, and the dead last pick in the draft, seventh rounder. Um, he did much better than a gentleman named Trey Lance, who was supposed to be the guy who had next in San Francisco. The 49ers famously moved up to draft Trey Lance, uh, he was the kid out of North Dakota State who had kind of a limited college experience and that he started one year and was lights out and then kind of COVID disrupted it. And he just didn't have a lot of starts. So there was a lot of questions as to, oh, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? Well, Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback guru, whisperer, whatever you want to call him, if he's trading up for Trey Lance, well, wow, Trey Lance must be the guy. Now there was, if you want to go back, some dissension in the ranks. Apparently, somebody liked Mac Jones. Everybody thought that was Shanahan. Ultimately, they go with Trey Lance. And uh, listen, you don't want to bury a guy like Lance who's barely had a chance. But he plays very sparingly as a rookie. Didn't look totally ready. They put him in on some gadget plays, some runs um, near the goal line. He showed limited ability, not much. Then he gets a chance to start last year. And his opener is a monsoon against the Bears. He looked kind of lost, like he'd never played in rainy weather. And it was a disaster, and they lost the game. And then he started two more games. I think he shredded Houston. Ooh, <laughs> killed Houston. Wow, way to go. Uh, and then ended up breaking his ankle in a, in a really nasty injury in only his fourth start. So I think we have his career stats on the screen. Trey Lance's career stats. Not great. Now, he hasn't really had a chance. It's weird. It's weird because Jordan Love has sat for three years. He's taken 83 passes, and there's like massive optimism about Jordan Love in Green Bay. But here's Trey Lance, who has, I mean, this is very limited. We're talking, he hasn't even had a chance, like half a season or anything. But the problem is Brock Purdy has zoomed past him in San Francisco. And this is where it gets dicey. Lance had a, had a bad injury. Coming back from that probably will not be easy. So the 49ers went out and they picked up Sam Darnold. And that was a big flashing red sign like, uh-oh, what's going on with Trey Lance? And Albert Breer and many other reporters said that the Niners tried to move Lance in the offseason. And one would think that there was a robust market for a young, um, agile, um, dual-threat quarterback like Trey Lance. And oh, by the way, there were some offensive coaches from San Francisco who had moved on to other places in the league. And you think, oh, well, they got to see Trey Lance in San Fran, and now they're in Miami, Houston, wherever. Surely they would take a chance on Lance, no? Uh, buy low? Hey, we'll throw you a six-round pick. Give us Trey Lance. We can, we can rehabilitate him. We'll take a chance. Crickets. That's another sign that maybe guys who have seen him been up close were not that enamored with Trey Lance's abilities. And so now you got a quarterback controversy, if you can call it that. I mean, Brock Purdy's set as the number one guy. They love him. He was 7-0 and last year. Uh, humble, can make all the throws, appears to be loved by teammates. Like, Brock Purdy is the guy. But what do you do at backup? 
what if Trey Lance isn't the backup quarterback and they trust veteran Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold's been around the block. He was with my Jets. Um, let's just say it was not a great tenure, but he didn't have a lot to work with uh, coaching staff-wise. So then he was in Carolina, and he had a couple moments. Nothing spectacular. However, coaches all think, oh, we can rehabilitate this guy. I can fix it. And you just start, you kind of start wondering, like, hmm, does Shanahan think he can rehabilitate Sam Darnold? And now Sam Darnold is his pet project and not Trey Lance. And you've got to start to wonder, are they going to showcase Lance in the preseason in hopes of moving him quickly? Folks, listen, (laughs) when the writing's on the wall, it should be obvious to everybody. Brock Purdy's back. He's the guy, no questions asked. Who's the backup? And it starts to get a little dicey for Trey Lance in San Francisco. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Tiki Barber, it was a really good running back with the New York Giants. Man, he was, he was dynamic. He was good. And um, I guess he's got a media career now, and he's making some things happen or trying to. And he went on a radio show this week, and he said, Daniel Jones can be a top five quarterback. And in the staff meeting this morning, I was like, wait, wait, maybe he misspoke. Maybe like a top five quarterback in the state of New York, right? Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers. I haven't seen who's the quarterback of the Syracuse Orangemen, but maybe somebody else ahead of Daniel Jones. And I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> NFC East. Is he a top five quarterback? I don't know. Cooper Rush? Who you taking, Cooper Rush or Daniel Jones? I'm not even kidding. Cooper Rush at a, at a significant discount or Daniel Jones for $39 million. So... Again, I used to be in the media with the website that I created. I used to work at a newspaper. I freelance for magazines. And I get it. It's tough to cut through sometimes. So Tiki Barber, a former giant, is out here trying to pump up his guy and get people excited that Daniel Jones could be a top five quarterback. Folks, he, he's not even a top five quarterback in the NFC. Like, it's not. He's not even sniffing top five quarterback in the NFC. I would challenge you. You know, we should get Jay Glazer on the show. Uh, I think he's on his honeymoon or he's maybe visiting camps or whatever. I follow him on Instagram. We're kind of friendly, but I haven't texted him in a minute. Hey, Glazer, if you pulled 30, let's just say 20 NFL GMs, who would they rather have, Daniel Jones or Brock Purdy? I guarantee you overwhelmingly the answer is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft. I mean, Alex and I were just talking like, oh, you know, is Dak... You know, a top five quarterback in the NFC. We didn't even mention Daniel Jones. Like, he's, he's not sniffing that territory. And I know a lot of Giants fans, you know, listen, Giants fans, they got their own problems. They've been coming after me on social media for months. Jason, you just, you're not respecting Daniel Jones and the awesome season they had. Like, guys, it was the luckiest season outside of the Minnesota Vikings. And then they beat the Vikings in the playoffs. Okay, Saquon Barkley is the best player on that offense. That's undeniable. And now the Giants are like, whoa, we're going to go out and get us some Darren Waller. He's going to help Daniel Jones out. Okay, good luck with that. Maybe Waller's healthy. We met Waller at the Super Bowl. He came on the show. Gigantic, kind of scary looking guy. He's big, Um, like hulking, like, you know, he's just an intimidating presence. Maybe he helps. But this idea that Daniel Jones is ascending and could be a top five quarterback in the NFL, it's just preposterous. It's just a guy in Tiki Barber who I don't know personally. I think I might have had his brother on my podcast back in the day, Rondé Barber. Um, 
some might say the better barber. Uh, I didn't go there. I'm just saying some people might say that. Um, but Daniel Jones, top five quarter. Like, just stop. Now, you know, I got to give you an applause because you did get on this show, right, Alex? Like, you go out and say preposterous garbage, and then we make fun of it, but it's a win for you because we're talking about him. Am I being too harsh on Tiki Barber? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty, like, Homer thing to say, right? He's a, he's a New York guy. He's a Giants guy. Exactly. So, yeah, you're going you're gonna to pump up your team regardless of who's on it right now. Just yeah. like how you shamelessly talk up the Jets. Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. This yeah. is pretty equal here. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't know. That. I, I'm, I mean, I never said Zach. I never said Zach Wilson uh, could be the Mormon Mahomes or anything. Uh, it's not like I went there. Okay, I did go there. But that was hopeful before see? he threw a pass. See, and then as soon as he was, Same you know, thing. vomiting all over himself you and, and hitting guys. on his mom's it's... friends, I was like, Zach Wilson, I'm out. It's over. Done. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes, and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I need to quickly talk about Sean McVay. Um, Obviously a very, very good coach. Took the young Rams to the Super Bowl, um... They end up losing to the Patriots. It was a humbling moment for him. Then they end up going back and uh, getting an awesome win. Then McVay was going to retire, and he ended up coming back, and the Rams had, you know, I think the worst year for any defending Super Bowl champion. His season went off the rails. And it appeared as if their strategy of, hey, we're going to load up on a top-end talent and we're just going to try to win that way. We don't care about draft picks. It kind of fell apart. Were they one-year wonders? Sure. But they got a Super Bowl. Who cares? You can't take that away from McVay. But right now, expectations are very down this year for the Rams. I have been uh, probably too negative on the Rams on this show. And Coward, of course, kind of likes the Rams this year. He's got a lot of connections there. So he's like pumping up his team to his friends. But I guess word's gotten back to McVay that everybody's down on the Rams. So McVay was asked about the Rams' projected win total of six and a half, which is one of the lowest in the NFC. Here's his response. What do you think of that six and a half uh, win over under? (laughs) Whatever I say, I'm going to get in trouble right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in us. Well, they don't believe in you for a reason, (laughs) Sean. uh, They're devoid of talent. The offensive line is not good at all. I mean, last year was an abomination. Two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, excellent offensive line play, everyone was healthy. Last year, injuries and ineptitude. So, okay, fine. Maybe the offensive line is marginally better than last year. Are you ready for this? The, the defense for the Rams has, and I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart, has one guy that is a household name in Aaron Donald. The rest of it is largely unknowns. I saw a stat that the Rams are going to have 40 rookies 40 in training camp, higher than any other team in the league. Like, this is a rebuild. Any way you slice it, this is a rebuild. Now, I did have a buddy come after me yesterday on social media saying, Jay, well, last year the Seahawks had a low win total and they eclipsed it. And then I, you know, I said, like, listen, <laughs> when you face the Rams twice and, and you don't have to face Matt Stafford because he was hurt, yeah, it's two easy wins. Like, Seattle had a charm season. And then, oh, by the way, they faced the Jets' Mike White, who was... 
I think the third string quarterback to start the season, like they face him late and then they sneak in the playoffs. Like Seattle had a charm season. They got a little lucky. You need some luck. The Rams are going to need massive amounts of luck. And I don't, I, listen, I like McVay a lot. I'm a fan of him. I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. It doesn't matter what he says to the media about this, but it 100% happened. They tried to get Matt Stafford to take a pay cut and rework his contract. I said this on the show in January. It wasn't reported anywhere. Matt Stafford said, that's not happening. I'm sorry. Figure it out. You got, it's what the front office has to do. And then they were upset, and they were like, well, what are we going to do? And they tried to trade Matt Stafford, and there were really no takers. And then what they do? They ended up dumping Jalen Ramsey. Could they get anything? No. That's how I won a steak dinner off Colin. I told you they were not getting a first. He thought a first. They ended up getting like a third-round pick. Like, this is a team in transition. Uh, if they win six, I've said it multiple times this week. The Rams are closer to the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than they are to making a wild-card game. And I know the NFC's down, and I like Stafford, and I like Cooper Cup. There's just not a lot of talent on this team. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So, on the heels of that Justin Herbert contract, Patrick Mahomes, who signed a couple years ago, his contract ticked down. Now, we've got the list of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. It may surprise you because one would think like, oh, geez, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback. He's got to be the highest paid, but that's not how it works. It's a market-driven situation, and because Justin Herbert just signed the new deal, he is now the highest-paid quarterback. But here's what's a kicker. Mahomes is now the eighth highest-paid quarterback in the league. 
that may surprise some people. So Lamar Jackson's up there because he just signed, right? Jalen Hurts just signed a new deal. So every time a new quarterback signs, somebody gets knocked down a peg. So Mahomes keeps getting knocked down a peg. Well, Joe Burrow is going to be next, the Cincinnati quarterback. He's going to sign a deal that's going to top Herbert's, understandably. But we, when do we get to a point where Patrick Mahomes decides, I, I, I'm not happy with this. Like, I've got the MVPs. I've got the Super Bowls. Why am I behind all these guys? Now, this gets down to the person. Like, what's inside of you? What do you internally care about? Now, famously, and we've talked about this for, what, 15 years, 20 years, Tom Brady did not care. He did not mind taking less money and winning Super Bowls. And, hey, guys, let's reallocate the money I'm not making to other players, and let's restructure my deal all the time. Essentially, Brady was the ultimate team player, and I I totally get that. Now, I'd love to talk to some quarterbacks of his time who, every time Brady took less, they suddenly could not ask for the world because Brady wasn't asking for the world. You can't ask for that much more than Tom Brady unless you're beating him all the time, right? So, So where are we headed here? Okay, Joe Burrow's going to be one, and now Patrick Mahomes is nine. Patrick Mahomes is the ninth highest paid quarterback? Now, I know we just saw the Jalen Brown contract in the NBA, and that's a little wacky. And people are like, oh, Jalen Brown, that's, that's strange. Why isn't it LeBron or Jokic? Listen, this is how the market works. Now, what's really interesting is, and I don't have exactly where Travis Kelsey is, but he's not one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. At least I don't think he's top three. And Travis Kelsey clearly is an utterly dominant tight end. It's like, Kelsey, Kittle, a couple other guys in the mix. And you're seeing the success of the Chiefs with Mahomes and Kelsey as two of the constants. Andy Reid is a constant. And everything else is just a revolving door. Chris Jones, obviously, is asking to get paid. He wants a lot. He wants Quinn and Williams money. But it gets interesting because of the greed factor. That can break up this dynasty if Patrick Mahomes one day decides, you know what? This isn't right. We need to restructure. Now, Again, it's tough for me to put myself in Patrick Mahomes' shoes. His father was a professional baseball player, I think, with the Mets. And he did well. And probably Patrick Mahomes grew up in a nice setting where he wasn't, you know, hard up for money. Some of these other guys may not have grown up with that. And they want to really capture as much as they can. And we all know quarterbacks, much longer career. A guy like Chris Jones, you know, is he going to be in the league at like 35? I don't know. Defensive tackles, defensive ends. A lot more contact, a lot more injuries. Patrick Mahomes could play like Brady until he's 40. Mahomes could be just capturing money for the, for the next, I don't know, 15 years? And it's nothing. So it's a weird dynamic setting up. Uh, we know Daniel Jones went into that room with the Giants, uh, specifically Daniel Jones's father, uh, and essentially went to agents that were like, this is what we want. I want this. And I was like, okay, Daniel Jones, Is he greedy or is he doing what we all should do? Hey, man, this is your second contract. Go for the world. Shoot for the moon. This is generational wealth. I can't fault them for that. But I do think on some level, Mahomes should be applauded for not necessarily taking less, but not asking to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, It shows maturity. It shows he wants to win. Man, every time we talk about Patrick Mahomes, Alex, it's like really great stuff. And the guy, he just, he keeps coming up golden, right? Well, we talked about this. I think it was yesterday. Um, There's really two ways that an athlete can go about 
how they want to get paid or do they want the rings? And you, you can't fault them for whichever they choose because you have such a small window to be a professional athlete. You can either go for as much money as you want to get or maybe not take as much and your focus is winning championships no matter what sport you're playing. Mm. And not every athlete necessarily has the ability to do that. As you mentioned, Mahomes grew up with a professional athlete father. Um, Tom Brady was married to the number one supermodel in the world who I think actually made more than him. Yeah. So there's... There are great sides of being the best at your position and wanting to continue to win championships, get rings, and surround yourself with the talent you need to get there. But you can't fault guys who know that you only have a small window to earn as much money as you can playing a sport to go out and get that. And let's be real. like The Mahomes one's easy. The Herbert one's pretty easy. Burrow's going to be easy. Like, give the guy a lot of money. Hertz was a little tricky. He basically did it for one year. And the real test bunny, Alex, is going to be Tua. If he's healthy this year, puts up massive numbers, and the Dolphins, like, go to the AFC title game, then you've got, like, a wow. Is this, I mean, is Tua in line to be a massively paid quarterback off one season with an injury history? And it's like... That's going to be an interesting one. Like, we know Burrow's going to get all the money in the world. He's going to probably make more than Justin Herbert as well. He should, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a Super Bowl. Um, but these quarterback salaries, man, they continue to escalate, and Patrick Mahomes, once again, should be applauded. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Special guest joining us right now, former NFL cornerback, a star in Cleveland, then he went to Pittsburgh, played for Tomlin. Joe Hayden is with us. Yes. Uh, Joe, 12 seasons in the NFL. Um, very exciting, huh? Oh, Great man. run in Cleveland. Oh, it was a good time. Should, good we, time. should we open with the Manziel questions or just skip and forget about that? <laughs> Let's just blank that out and get right to the current NFL because there's a lot happening, Joe. Um, yeah. Obviously, I want your reaction as a cornerback to the Trayvon Diggs big mm-hmm. signing by Dallas. They're going to keep him in the fold. I thought he was a little overrated. I know he had a mm-hmm. lot of interceptions, but he did get cooked pretty often, gave up yeah. a lot of yards. Um, where are you on Diggs and the Cowboys? Uh, I'm really happy that they gave him the deal. Um, I'm a really good a really good friend, friend and fan of Diggs. Um, he's from Maryland, just like me, so yeah, we're yeah. from the same area. Um, but I think he, he takes a lot of chances. I mean, it's definitely going to be um, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I think he wins more than he loses. Um, and at the same time, I think he's just now with Stefan Gilmore on the other side. Yeah. I think having him to be able to just teach him a little more like, look, we don't have to always bait and, bait and switch like that. So I think having another vet on that side uh, with Gilmore being a future Hall of Famer, I think it's going to help out tri- Diggs uh, tremendously. Yeah, I, I wonder. This defense, you know, it's going to be good. Parsons, um, they're both cornerbacks. Dan mm-hmm. Quinn knows defense. I, what, what's the ceiling for these guys? Can they can they finally get back to a Super Bowl? Is that realistic? Man, I don't know. You jumped to all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm just, we got to win some playoff games here, right, guy? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Um, I, I think they can be successful. Offense, defense, they have all the players. It's just like tight games. You got to have Dak ended up finishing them, some of those games for them. And uh, just I think the defense, if they can close out some of these games with Parsons getting some strip sacks, with um, our boy getting some picks, I think that would be really good for them. Yeah, interesting you bring up Dak. Um, I don't I... – He's like a top 10-ish quarterback, but he led the league in picks last year, and he missed mm-hmm. like four or five games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just tough to kind of analyze him. Like He's faced the Niners two years in a row in the postseason and hasn't mm-hmm. really done anything. I, I don't know. Is he holding Dallas back, or is that too harsh? 
I think it's a little harsh. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I think um, I think he has a high ceiling. I think that he can still come back. I think we give him a little more time. We give him this year um, just to come back uh, healthy, play the whole season, yeah. just stay on, keep his feet under him. Um, with C.D. Lamb having another year, just with those weapons that he has too, I think that uh, we just give him a little bit of time. I think Dak will be able to okay. be all right. Optimistic. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. I, I like it, Joe. Optimistic. Uh, let's go to the Steelers. Um, I uh, They're one of my teams this year. I kind of mm. think – I like what I saw from Pickett last year. I love the defense healthy, but I do have questions about the secondary. You know, they got a lot of new guys in there, um, and you played for Tomlin. I'm just mm-hmm. curious, um, your thoughts on Pittsburgh and kind of the newish secondary for with Tomlin? Um, I I love they brought in Patrick Peterson. Yeah. You know, we can't forget about him. I think Pat is going to be a crafty, crafty vet uh, back there. Minka Fitzpatrick. Like yeah. I don't think anybody talks about how really good he is. I think coming from Miami, just continuing the ball and could create turnovers for that defense. And we didn't have T.J. Watt last year too he was helped, he was hurt a lot of the year and he's literally a game changer every yeah. game i played with them he had an interception he had a pick yeah. he was doing something to change the game um so i think just with those level of ballers with coach tomlin and his coaching style and just the way he's going to get the best out of his players can he pick it with another year under his belt yeah. just being able to kind of you know help the team not not don't lose the games just try, help them. we can win a couple with you so yeah, yeah. i think uh i think that'll work out a lot so, for the Steelers. so i know the audience heard you say we with pittsburgh now oh. i say we with the jets i didn't play for okay. them shocker uh but i root for them so do you align yourself we with pittsburgh or cleveland because you spent I, more time in cleveland i did seven in cleveland i did five in pittsburgh it's kind of hard to detach you know like it's, <laughs> i love both cities i love yeah. both fan bases um i want them to be successful because when i was there that's all that i was trying to do i wanted to win for cleveland tried to win for pittsburgh um but you just know you know the guys you know the people that are there still you have relationships with them so i feel like those are my friends i'm like yeah we're in it together (laughs) but you know just trying to be uh constructive and just let from an outside perspective what do i really see from the team Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a little like oh we but no you guys need to tighten up a little bit Uh, let's just talk about cleveland so when you got to the browns obviously first round pick out of Mm -hmm. florida uh, a gentleman by the name, I think LeBron James was uh, a big deal in Cleveland at the time. Maybe uh, Kyrie Irving. We passed in the air, me and LeBron, 2010. When I got to Cleveland, he was going to Miami. Oh. So that was kind of, that was tough for me because I'm a big, big, big LeBron James fan. Okay. Biggest fan of LeBron, I think, of anyone in the league. And then when 2011, Kyrie came. So then I was going to every single Cavs game. Kyrie and Tristan came. Those are my homies. Floor sees Dan Gilbert bring me to the game, and we didn't. We weren't too successful, you know. We won about 20, 20 games. Uh, stands were kind of empty, but that's was I was always there. Big, big fan of wow. basketball. So when LeBron came back, Dan was like, "Joe, you were loyal. You were here. Yeah. We won twenty games. Like you're going to be floor seats to all of these games." So then when we ended up, they ended up playing Golden State. LeBron came back. I mean, that was that was some of the best time of my life in Cleveland. Wow. So obviously you have a relationship with LeBron. Uh, you guys are friendly. Um, yeah, I guess just give the audience a window. What it's like, what's it like hanging out with LeBron? Are you guys playing cards? Yes. You're playing hoops. We're playing uh, cards. We're okay, playing cards. Okay. When I hang out with LeBron, it's more like a like an after a game with some of his teammates. Uh, do a little bit of cards. Um, little wine. He's really into wine. Really into tequila. Is a Lobos. He shout out to Lobos. Uh, soft flex for LeBron. But. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, just he's a really really cool dude, man. I love the way he moves like Obama though. You got he has security, he has drivers. He's pulling up to a spot through the back door, and next you know, Bron just pops in. So it's 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 a it's a it's an experience to be with Bron. One thing I heard from somebody who's like a body double for LeBron is that uh, he gets massages like almost every single day, and he has to ask. 
his nutritionist, what he can eat before he mm-hmm. puts in it. I mean, like, that's kind of crazy stuff. Did you have such a strict regimen playing in the NFL? Uh, not at all. Uh, <laughs> not even close. I think but at the, that, I think that's why he has so much longevity. That's why mm. LeBron is LeBron. He's 20 years in. I think it took me a good, my first five years, I was still eating McDonald's and Popeye's. Not going to wow. lie. Yeah, I was, I was a wild man. But after that, I finally started realizing, like Sheldon Brown showed me, um, Eric Wright. It was just a couple of players that I had on my team that was like, look, Joe, if you want to keep this for a long time, you're, you're 21 now. You can just wake up, not even stretch and come play. It's not going to be like yeah. that for long. So I think after my fourth year, I really started getting, I got a, a nutritionist. I had a, a PT, somebody that gave me uh, massages, a stem and needle, all that stuff. So I think that's what people are starting to do now that can make you play that long. It's like, how long do you really have? If you can do that for yeah. 10 to 15 years, to be able to live for the rest of your life to know you didn't sell the game short. I mean, I think Braun does a great job. I know he spends like a million dollars or something on his body at least a year. It's ridiculous. Wow. That's pretty cool. It's a, it's a great return on yeah. investment. I'll tell yeah. you that. Certainly. Um, so you were telling me before we came on that uh, you happen to be friends with Aaron Rodgers, and I thought we'd mm-hmm. you know, crowbar the Jets into the conversation here. Uh, tell me about Rodgers. You guys are kind of buddies? We're kind of buddies, man. It's really through my friend uh, Randall Cobb. He's married to my wife's cousin, um, so that's how we kind of had a relationship. So we kick it sometimes. Um, Aaron's just a really good dude. I met him at a couple weddings. So, you know, he's my favorite quarterback. Oh. That's probably Aaron. That's probably Aaron. Like, Joe, don't be talking about me. (laughs) No, but yeah, he's a really good guy, a really good quarterback. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. Just arm talent, just the way he can move in the pocket, uh, deliver the ball. Um, I think the only one close to him in my eyes is Patrick Mahomes. Those are my two favorite quarterbacks. No no Brady? I mean, Brady's the best of all time, greatest. I'm talking about just arm talent. Uh When I like to see them throw the ball, like just watching the ball come out of his hands, just see the anticipation and things like that. Aaron Rodgers just has a different, huh. just a, a different swag to it. Which quarterbacks did you not like facing? Because whether I did they not like or... facing Tom Brady. I did not like <laughs> facing Aaron Rodgers. I did not like facing Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, wow. those those guys. Did, did you see it from Mahomes? Like, I mean, you know, it took a year. He's kind of sat out uh, watching, and then he comes in and is like, oh, my gosh. Did I see it? So, honestly, we played them, I think it was 2017 or 2018 in Pittsburgh. I was hurt. He threw for 20, 23 pass, 23 for 28, 346 <laughs> yards, six touchdowns, five incompletions, 28 passes total, six touchdowns. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, one of the best performances I've seen. So, so when we saw the, the stat that he's the eighth pi- highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and when Burrow signs his mm-hmm. deal, Mahomes is going to be ninth. Nine. Is there any, you have anything wrong with that? Or I mean, let me tell you, it's just the way the game goes. It's the next man up. It's the Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's going to probably sign in the next fifteen minutes and just pass <laughs> uh, Justin Herbert. So he's going to have his little time. Um, I think it's I think it's just the way that the game is going. Um, and I love Patrick Mahomes for the fact that he signed for a ten year deal for five hundred. He's going to make his money. Patrick's, I don't think he's worried about it. I think he's worried about championships. I think he's worried about figuring out how to keep talent around him, how to keep pieces around him, and if they can move around his deal and structure it in all different ways, I don't think he's too worried. Yeah. Dude, he owns a, like a baseball team. He's got yeah. some soccer. But yeah, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is pretty good with those. Revenue streams. Revenue streams. We're talking about revenue all streams. Over the place. Yes, yeah, you got some. Uh, <laughs> I do want to ask, you said quarterbacks, that's where the market's going. Mm-hmm. What about running backs, though? They're kind of getting shafted. I don't know if you got you were privy to this call where you were on the Zoom <laughs> as just a friend of somebody, but like it seems kind of bleak, man. I, I, I know there's nothing that could be done, but it's a little sad, no? Not a little sad. It's really sad. I feel I feel really, really bad for the running backs. Um, we look at Saquon Barkley, like we said. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He had to fight 
to not get tagged for 10.1 and his contract ended up being 11 million dollars and then we're not knocking it saying like when we talk about money in the nfl it's not like oh you need to be happy you getting 11 all right but at the same time when your quarterback you're better he's making 40 it just is like yeah. what are we talking about and then christian mccaffrey signed for 16 a year so there's certain things where you're the best in the business at what you do you go about your business the right way you're not a problem in the locker room you're a good guy you your team once you should be in there so i just feel like sometimes with that i'm like why are you not giving the dude when you know that you don't have to because he's a running back their life expectancy a little short but we're people (laughs) we know how good saquon barkley is so i mean it from a business perspective i can see why they don't do it because they don't have to but as a Human, we like this. Is that sad? I'm like, yes, that's extremely sad. It's very so. So you mentioned the quarterback numbers. Like Daniel Jones is making like four times what Saquon Barkley is. Yes. Is he four times better than Saquon Barkley? You know he's not. No, no, I need you to say it. <laughs> I know he's I, not. I know we, we, no, everybody does that, you know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Not, not knocking Daniel at all. But like, it's the, it's just the, it's the nature of the game. Yeah. Uh, give me the wide receiver that talked the most trash to you on the field. That actually oh. might have shook you, college or NFL. Might have shook me. Um, I know you're so not rattled by Steve anybody. Smith oh, talked shit. the craziest trash, but he was actually really nice to me. He was going, <laughs> he was talking to my the other cornerback on my team. Who's so that? I don't let's let's not even come on. This to be bad. Uh, Wait, why was he talking to him? Because uh, he was talking to him. Oh. I think yeah, that's what you don't do. You don't start it yeah. with Steve Smith. So I just, you know, just stayed a little quiet. But Steve Smith and Michael Crabtree was the one that was talking. Oh. When he was in San Francisco, he was talking so much trash to me. And we were both sponsored by Jordan. I had to have a talk. We did the trip after the season. I'm like, yo, do we have real beef? <laughs> <laughs> but it was no squash and it was cool. Yeah, just yeah. When he was playing, he's just in his own, just wow. saying so whatever. So he, he got into it with Sherman. You remember that? In the yes, 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 yes. I didn't know why Sherman was so angry about oh that. But goodness. now I guess it's Crabtree. Was I don't know talking. Michael Crabtree talking crazy to me. I was like, but it was. And you didn't even start it. I didn't he just start came it. at you with yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you handle that? Like, do you does it get in your? Does it bother you at all? No, or? no, no, no. Then I then then I have to get back and then I get in my back. You know, oh, I normally okay. don't start it, but you know, you gotta yeah, finish yeah, it. Yeah. You gotta finish it. Well, not with Steve Smith, who I think has punched out a few teammates. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's early. All right, so I know you're gonna have fun with Shady and company on Speak here next. Um, I gotta. It's only July, but I gotta ask for a Super Bowl pick. Do you have one? It's early, or maybe you could give me a f- two teams in each conference. Um, well, you know, I'm not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. Fair. I'm trying, I'm, I'm thinking right now, Patrick and Travis, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're trying to do the dynasty. They're ready for yeah. it. And he said it, it's going to take three to, to do the dynasty. All right. I think it's about time. So I think they, I think the chiefs, I think the chiefs are going to win it again. Way to go out on a limb, Joe. I mean, oh, look, look you asked me a question. I know. And, I, and, I, and I'm legitimately, <laughs> I have a one answer. I think the chiefs are going to win it. How about NFC team? Or do you have a sleeper this year? A sleeper, Anyone who may come out of, out of nowhere and shock some people? I think, no, it's only in the AFC. I'm going, if the Chiefs don't win it, the Bengals or the Bills are going to win it. Bengals are going to So you like favorites a lot, huh? I like, no I mean, Jets. I like, my, I like the teams that were beating me that I think <laughs> should win. I'm like, these yeah, dudes yeah, are yeah. nice. Like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they are deserving. Vaughn Miller, they are deserving of winning another one. They have a lot of talent so oh by the way you just because you mentioned Diggs, one more thing so tj hushmanzada was on here mm-hmm. earlier this week and he said you know Diggs is like complaining and like it's going to get in josh allen's head he's going to try to force feed him the ball this could be bad for buffalo mm-hmm. um do cornerbacks follow that stuff and do you use that in your bag uh to Diggs? man he ain't throwing you the ball josh no, you're not <laughs> even looking your way do you do, you do he, any of that oh, oh for sure 
For okay. sure. If he starts getting a little hot, could you see him looking at the quarterback, throwing him like this? Man, you was open on that play. He <laughs> just drove off like, ah, missed you. <laughs> like, just, you. Has that rattled any receiver? When I don't been? know if it's rattled them, but you see them going at their quarterbacks. I'm like, there's anything that's not happy-go-lucky, high-five, and I'm like, that, that, I think that's good. I think that's good for us. Wow. Uh, hopefully Sauce Gardner uh, does it in the opener. Yeah, that Jets Bills. I can't, I can't wait for that. Yeah, he's special. he's special. He's special. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. Him, uh, he's very, yes. Yeah. yes. Joe Hayden, former Browns Steelers star. He'll be on Speak today. Jo- Joy, uh, Shady, the gang. It should be fun, man. Thanks oh, a lot, Joe Hayden. Thank good you, stuff. My man. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.